0: In part one of our series, we looked at the fact that the enemy is real, that there are certain tactics that he uses over and over again, and he is after our marriages, hoping that they would fail, that we will be miserable in them, or that they will end in ruin. Once we learn about these tactics and how to use the armor that God has given us, we will see the enemy's attacks for what they are. We will know how to fight back. And it will change everything. In today's episode, we begin our journey into a rather in-depth look at the full armor of God that He has provided for us to fight the spiritual battles in our lives. What each of the pieces are and how we are to use them to protect ourselves and protect our marriages. I'm sharing a lot of information today, ladies. So I want you to grab a pen and paper because you're going to want to take some notes And let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right? To stop worrying all the time and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the lord hey girl i'm nancy adamson wife mom and grammy to seven sweet babies christian mentor bible teacher speaker and women's ministry leader i see you and i get you because i've been there and i'm here to share with you what god has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, Grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. If you recall, in the last episode, we learned that Satan is a fallen angel, and he has a host of other fallen angels to help him do his dirty work. They are constantly looking at the smallest cracks in our armor, to attack us and cause problems in our lives. We learned how the enemy puts thoughts into our minds, thoughts of condemnation or enmity towards our husbands, unwarranted fears, or that he stirs up discontentment in our hearts or brings us shame and guilt about our past. He also lies about God. The enemy knows the truth and he knows it well, and he twists it just enough to make us doubt, and to believe his lies. Lies that maybe God doesn't really care about you. Maybe he isn't faithful. Or can God really work in your life? We also talked about how he does all of these things to bring you to a place where you no longer want to fight. You no longer have a passion for your marriage or for your husband, and you just want to give up. You've stopped seeking God for answers because you don't have any hope left in your life. And you feel that the only way out is to end your marriage and to leave. The world is the enemy's domain, and he uses what is taught in many of the self-help books and what is taught through psychology and psychiatry to lead us away from the truth of God's word. But God has the ultimate authority and the sovereignty over everything in this world, even over the wiles of the devil. If you haven't listened to part one yet, then I highly recommend that you just stop here, hit that pause button, and go and listen to it, and then just come back and pick up where you left off. This way you will have the full understanding of the spiritual battle that you are fighting and why Satan is after your marriage. So now that we're aware of the enemy and the helpers that he has and the spiritual battle that exists, if we are not wrestling against flesh and blood but against the principalities against the powers against the rulers of darkness of this age against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places how are we to fight that what can we use or do to protect ourselves and how do we protect our husbands and fight for our marriages first we must do what god tells us in 1 peter 5:8 and it says be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We are to be watchful, prayerful, prayerfully discerning our own thoughts and feelings, as well as our husbands when possible, to determine if they are from the enemy and if they are there to cause harm. I feel that I should warn you though, because not every bad thought or desire is from the enemy. We're not perfect. And even as believers, we still have flesh. We still have our own sinful desires that we need to deal with. So we can't try to blame everything on Satan. We do need to learn how to discern our thoughts and where they're coming from. And we'll have these real thoughts or concerns at time where we need to call upon God and we need to ask him to come and help us and to find a solution for these things. And as I said, we will learn how to prayerfully discern when that comes into play with a little practice you will be able to not only discern your own thoughts, but also help your husband discern his. If we listen carefully to our husbands, we can detect when the enemy is bending their ear as well, giving them thoughts of condemnation or discouragement. So let me give you an example that happened in our house recently. My husband does all of the website and SEO work for our business and he had mentioned to me that you know he had finally set aside that time in the morning that he was wanting to to work on this particular area of our business and how after he had done so that the traffic to the website was at an all-time high he had gotten several quotes that he was working on or had worked on and even one of those quotes had already turned into an order So this was great. And this was exactly the outcome that we would want to have for his efforts. But then a couple of days later, I found that he was frustrated and he was angry with himself. And he's telling me that business isn't going how he had hoped that it would. And he wasn't sure if he was ever going to be able to make it into the kind of business that we would want. And he's talking in like all this condemnation and all this doubt in himself and this discouragement. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Just the other day, he had made great strides to head us in the direction that we want to go. What's going on here? Where is all of this coming from? Well, it didn't take me long before I knew exactly where these thoughts were coming from. And so I went to him and I reminded him of his recent success in developing our business and suggested that, you know, look at this frustration and this discouragement that you have. Have you been listening to the enemy and his lies? And once I pointed this out, he realized that that's exactly what he had been doing. And he just stopped. I mean, I'm sure he would prayed about it and he just stopped. And this completely changed his attitude. So the second thing that we must do is to take up the armor of God. And we need to know what the pieces are and we need to know how to use it. As we learn about the armor that God has provided for us, I want us to have the right mindset. This isn't a quick fix. It's not, oh, hey, just put this on and you'll be fine. This requires a bit of training in what the pieces are and how we are to use them. Training that is absolutely necessary for our Christian walk. And because it's so important, I don't want to rush it. And I don't want to just like give you the highlights of it. I want you to have actionable intel that you can use to fight the spiritual battles in your life. So we're going to take our time with this a little bit and take a bit of an in-depth look at what the armor of God is over the next three episodes. Think of it as sort of a military boot camp into God's army. When we're done, you will know how to use the full armor of God to protect yourself, to protect your marriage, and to protect your family. So we find in Ephesians 6, 14 through 18, this is where we learn about what the armor of God looks like. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So in this passage, we are given five pieces of armor, one weapon, one command, and one warning. Matthew Henry's commentary tells it this way, We must resolve by God's grace not to yield to Satan, Resist him and he will flee. If we give way, he will get ground. If we distrust either our cause or our leader or our armor, we will give him advantage. Each piece of our armor has a specific purpose. We can't choose to wear this piece or that piece and then leave the rest. Even a crack in our armor will give way for the enemy to attack and to cause problems in our life. So the first piece of armor is to gird your waist with truth, or as some would call it, the belt of truth. Your waist is your core. It is the center of your strength, the core values that you live by, which are hopefully based on the word of God. Many believers and even churches do not stand on the solid truth of God's word. They water it down so they don't offend, or they buy into the notion that we make our own truth and why do need to do what truth is good for me, despite what their Bibles say? When we study God's word and we know the truth in our hearts, then it's much easier to detect the lies of the enemy when they are thrown at us. The enemy is deceptive and he makes things look enticing. He makes sin look shiny and pretty so that we want it all the while hiding the hurt that our actions will cause or the consequences that we will face. He is subtle, twisting the truth just enough so that we believe it. The only way to recognize this and to not be led down a road of deception is to know the truth and to know it well. There was a woman in my Bible study class, when I first started teaching, her name was Joan Young, and just had a doctorate in theology, just wonderful, wonderful woman. And she used to always talk to us about counterfeit bills. And in the treasury, when a new agent was coming on, they would have these classes and they would learn how to detect, or they would actually learn all about the real bills. What our U.S. bills look like. They would forward backwards, inside out, everything. They would know every little tiny minute detail about what our dollar bills look like. And someone at one point asked, well, when do we get to look at the counterfeit stuff? And the teacher said, never. Because if you only know the truth, if you only know what the real bill looks like, that when the fake one comes around, you'll spot the differences right away. See, as we start to learn maybe what other religions are teaching or what the self-help books say or that kind of thing, then we kind of muddy the waters. And we can't always remember, well, where did I hear this information? Did I get this from God's word or did I get this someplace else? So if we dive into God's word and we truly know it in our hearts then we will be able to detect those lies. Even just the smallest twist that Satan puts on it, we will be able to detect it and to know the truth. In Proverbs 3, 1 through 8, we read, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So in these verses... They are filled with how we are to know God's truth, what his truth is going to do for us and what that benefit is when we do. So let's take a look first as what it is to study God's truth and to have it permeate our lives. It said to us, do not forget my laws, keep my commandments, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So in all of these areas, we are to let God's word, God's command permeate us. We're to write it on our hearts, to have it around our necks, to keep his command and to not depart from it. And then we are to put that truth in action as we trust in the Lord with all our hearts, as we lean not on our own understanding, but that we always acknowledge him in our ways that we are not wise in our own eyes, that we fear the Lord and depart from evil. That is taking that truth that God has given us and put it into action in our lives. So then what benefit does this give us? Well, it tells us that we have length of days and long life and peace they will add to you, that we will find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man, that he shall direct our paths and the health to our flesh, and the strength to our bones. And isn't that what we're looking for? For God to direct our paths, to give us that core strength that we need, that strength in our bones to be able to keep going, to keep fighting, to keep pressing forward. What we are taught about life and godliness, the thoughts that we have, our plans and our actions for the future, should all be checked against the truth, written in scripture to use our bibles in the same way that we would use like a dictionary to find the meaning of a word or a manual that's going to give us insight on how to use something god's word is the same thing we should be going to god's word for instruction and direction for our lives to go to god's word anytime that we are struggling or that we need answers when we gird ourselves with the truth Only then are we able to recognize the subtle deceptions of the enemy and to not fall into his snare and lies of destruction. So the second piece of armor is to wear the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate was used to cover our heart and all the vital organs to protect them. In Proverbs 4, 4 and 5, it says, He also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commands and live get wisdom get understanding do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth so as we just read even a minute ago that we are to keep the truth of God's word into our hearts we are also to get wisdom and to get understanding and to keep those in our hearts as well and to use the breastplate of righteousness as protection proverbs 4:23 through 27 says Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So out of the heart springs the issues of life, which is why we need this protection. We do this by keeping our eyes straight ahead, not looking to the right and not looking to the left, but pursuing God's path of righteousness. Once we know the truth, then we are then able to live righteously by the truth. Living righteously means to live out what is written in the word of God, that our thoughts, our actions, our decisions for our lives, and how we conduct ourselves in our marriages align with the Lord's teaching and his expectations and not the worlds and not our owns when we learn to live in Christ Jesus then we keep ourselves from the snares of the enemy being careful to live above reproach in all areas of our life and this is something that I I think is pretty lost in our society in living above reproach which means to not put yourself in a position where anyone can, look at you from the outside in and say, oh, I think they're doing something wrong there. Or there could be something happening that is not of God. And I know that we probably have this attitude of, well, it's none of their business. And if they're on the outside looking in and they're making that distinction, then that's their fault. I get that. But it helps us as well. If we live above reproach, if we keep ourselves from the snares of the enemy, then we're not, we're just, we're helping ourselves. It doesn't matter what the other people think necessarily, but in the fact that we have this mindset that I'm going to keep myself above reproach. So here's an example. My husband was on the pastor search committee, um, years ago when we were back in California and our church was looking for a new pastor. And there was a woman, her name was Phyllis She was also on the pastor search committee and both my husband and her were supposed to travel about an hour away from where we lived to go listen to a pastor speak at his church. Well, my husband traveling with this woman by themselves, he would not have been above reproach. Somebody could have accused him of something that he never did. So what he did is he brought one of my daughters with him on this trip to go listen to this pastor. And in that way, and having my daughter there and having that third person, that kept him above reproach. That kept it from anyone saying that he did anything, him having to fend himself for doing anything, or being led in any kind of snare from the enemy. And so that's what it is to live righteously and to keep ourselves above reproach. The enemy will attack our efforts to live righteously in four different ways. And the first one is our thoughts. In telling us lies about God, about ourselves, he assigns wrong motives behind someone's actions towards us, and he stirs up discontentment and negativity. And we talked a lot about this in part one. So again, if you haven't listened to part one, definitely go back and listen to that. The second way is our desires. He redirects our desires away from the will of God and his plan for our lives. And he does this by enticing us with those shiny, pretty things of the world that are really only temporary and lead to destruction. And I'm not kidding about this, ladies. I know that sounds, you know, like heavy and leading to destruction, like really, but it's what happens. It truly is what happens. This is how affairs start. This is how we find ourselves down the wrong path, in a place where we never intended to go. When we begin to dabble in the ways of the world, this gives the enemy an in and leads us away from God's righteousness. When we decide to hang out more with the unbelieving couple than the Christians in our lives, when we start to drink alcohol a bit more or to experiment with drugs, when we begin to think differently about some of those quote-unquote smaller sins in our lives, like cheating on our taxes or maybe taking something from our workplace, thinking, oh, everybody does it, or I deserve it. These are all ways that the enemy entices us away from God's righteousness. It starts out small and seems harmless, and before we know it, we are deep in sin and our lives are a mess. The third way is with our feelings. Taking advantage of our weaknesses when we have feelings of anger or disappointment, when we're discouraged or sad or want to seek revenge. Encouraging us to make bad decisions by acting out on those feelings when we're in the height of feeling them rather than bringing them to the Lord and allowing God to maybe discern those thoughts, to change our way of thinking, and to calm us down. This tends to happen when we're upset or angry with our husbands. We know in our hearts that we should wait until we calm down to talk to him, but it's like, oh no, I'm mad and I'm mad now and he is going to hear about it. But we bring it to him with this full force and then we end up saying things that we can't take back. And it just makes things worse. When what we should be doing is, as I said, taking those feelings to the Lord and praying over them and asking God to help us. To help us be discerning in that, is this really a problem? Or am I just having a bad day? Are we assigning motives behind our husband's actions that aren't really there? Is the enemy using this to cause dissension between you and your husband, and the real enemy is him, and he's the one that you should be mad at? Or is there something that you do truly need to bring to your husband, but you need to do it, in a calm respectful manner the fourth way is our conscience we all have sinful desires from time to time and the enemy is right there to help us rationalize why it's okay to go ahead and do it oh just this one time our situation is different in some way or we deserve it somehow or it's not going to hurt anyone so why can't i go ahead In a marriage, the enemy often works to disrupt God's order of the husband being the head of the household, feeding us lies and trying to make us think that, oh, well, in our particular situation, I don't need to listen to my husband or I don't need to be submissive to him because, you know, he does this or he does that or he's not going to church or, you know, whatever the case may be. But in all cases, we are to be respectful and submissive to our husband. Mind you, outside of abuse. We're not going to go there right now, but just as a side note, outside of abuse. He also tries to make us think that God wouldn't want us to live in the way that we are right now. He wouldn't want us to have these challenges, to have these difficulties, to have this, you know, lack of love that we feel in our marriage. And because God loves us, because he is a God of love, that he wants us to be happy, then He wants me to leave. He wants me to divorce my husband so that I can go and be happy. Ladies, does any of those thoughts sound familiar to you? Have you had some of those thoughts that God wants you to leave and to go be happy? Well, I'm here to tell you that is an absolute lie from the enemy. God would never lead you to sin against his word and getting a divorce so that you could be happy. That's, that's not how this works. God can help you. He can take care of your life. He can change things in your life right where you are. But it is the enemy that tells you these lies and that God is the God of love and that he just wants you to be happy and that you need to go and do this. These are lies from the enemy. And if this is how you have been feeling at all, then honestly, just hit that pause button right now. And go to episode 30. It is, are we to do what makes us happy in our marriages? And, and go and listen to that because I would just hate to see the enemy lead you down a wrong road and lead you away from God, away from his faithfulness and what it is that he can do in your life and in your marriage. Ladies, we protect ourselves from these attacks by knowing the truth. By hiding it in our hearts and living it out daily. This is all a part of the sanctification process and in becoming more like Christ. And it takes time, it doesn't happen overnight. God is continuously chipping away at the things in our lives that are not of Him, and He is replacing them with His righteousness. So, in the next episode, we're gonna take a look at three more pieces of armor. But in the meantime, I encourage you to take an assessment of your own life. Is your waist girded with truth? Are your core values, the way that you live your life, are they based on the solid foundation of the truth of God's word? Or do you need to change something in your life? Maybe to read your Bible more or to start going back to church again or to a Bible study so that you can learn what God's truth is. When you are facing trials or struggles in your life, Do you go to His Word for answers and direction? Are you wearing your breastplate of righteousness, protecting yourself by doing all that you can to live by the righteous commands of God and keeping yourself above reproach? Or have you been dabbling in the shiny, enticing things in this world that are leading you away from God and away from the church, thinking, oh, no worries, I'll never let this get out of hand? Remember, The enemy is subtle and cunning. He hides the consequences from us, making us believe that we can get away with it, and no one will ever know. Ladies, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, O Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are mighty, that you watch over us, that you have given us this protection, Lord, that you have given us this armor to be able to fight the wiles of the devil. Lord, I praise you. I know that you are with us all the time, each and every woman who is listening, Lord. You are with her. You are fighting with her. You are putting that armor on her, Lord. If she will just pick it up, you will put it on her and protect her and care for her. Lord, I pray as she girds her waist with truth and as she puts on the breastplate of righteousness, Lord, that you will help her, help her to know the truth, help her to live by the truth, Lord, that you will show her your righteousness, that you will give her guidance and directions, Lord, that you will direct her path, and Lord, that you will lift her up and carry her through, that you will protect her from the enemy that is feeding her lies, that is trying to lead her away from you, Lord, and away from your word and away from the truth that is enticing her with the shiny, pretty things that are in this world. Lord, I pray for your protection over her. I pray for your protection over her marriage, over her husband, over her family, Lord, that you will work in her her life and that you will bind the powers of the enemy that are working against her, that are causing dissension, that are causing disagreements, discontentment, Lord, in her life that are causing problems. Lord, I just pray that you are in the midst of them, that you are with her and that you keep her safe in you. And I ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, "Ooh, she needs to hear this? Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, Thank you again for listening today and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.